My brothers, my sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say, I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the first times I heard about Christ the King, I remember it to this day. It was the early 60s. My brothers and sisters were huddled around a black and white television. I think it was about 19 inches with rabbit ears. Do you remember rabbit ears before Katie? And we were watching a Charlie Brown Christmas. And there was Linus with a blanket proclaiming the birth of a king. And it didn't quite fit with what I thought as a child about a king. I probably was thinking of Mr. Rogers and that mean king. The king that Linus proclaimed at probably the most important part of the Charlie Brown Christmas was a king who was born in a stable who was surrounded by shepherds and animals. And I remember poor Charlie Brown, Blockhead, right? Isn't that what they call him? He was always the, the guy that you kind of wish that you weren't. You know? Charlie. He was more worried about the condition of the Christmas tree. Remember the little Christmas tree with no, no, uh, nothing on it, really? Linus reminded him at the end, right at the end of that gospel reading, and that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. I found out later that it was pretty controversial back in those days. Now we fight about coffee cups and Starbucks, right? But in those days, the network senses worried about putting the gospel in prime time. 
And it was the first time that a gospel was read by a cartoon character in prime time. We hear from John today that another king, Pilate, he wasn't able to get a direct answer from Jesus. He said, are you king of the Jews? And Jesus tells him that his kingdom is not of here, not of the world. It's a different kingdom. It's just one of truth for the ones who will listen. Our second reading tells us quite simply that this king is a king of love. And do you know what the really great thing about this kingdom? It's not something that's far away. It's not something that we can't touch because it's not in the future, it's here. We are made for the kingdom of God through Jesus right here, right now. And to help us, Jesus gives us his word for guidance and direction. He gives us the Eucharist, which through Father Sinesha's priesthood, we'll celebrate as a family in a few moments. The Eucharist will give us great strength to go out and live in the kingdom. For us to know this different king better, we need to be different ourselves. And we can be examples of that truth and live it. Especially around people in the kingdom that we might not want to listen to. And they might not want to experience it. I think certainly in the next week, we may come in contact with people that are in different places in their spiritual journeys. And we're called to love them, called to love all the people in the kingdom, especially those, some of them are in my family, especially those that are difficult to love. The challenge. This coming week, it's also a time to welcome back people into our families. And they may have been away, they may have struggled, they may have hardships. And maybe it's a week of us to reconnect for forgiveness, for grace. And maybe there's some people that have been far away. I know some of the people here, you have kids away at college. My son has been away in Philadelphia since September. We haven't seen him. He's having a great time in college. And we're welcoming him home. And we're looking forward to having time with him. So Linus, go back to the Charlie Brown Christmas. Remember when, Chuck, when Linus was given the precious gift, the blanket. And he parts with that little blanket. And Linus tells Charlie Brown that all the little tree needs is a little love. And then he wraps the blanket around the bottom of the tree and he gives it new and vibrant life. We can do that same thing. Wrap our most precious gift, ourselves, around God's kingdom, around God's people. Finally, here's a story. It's about someone trying to find God and trying to find the kingdom.
even when it might not be seen, even when it might not be believed. It's a story of a college professor and his student. It was the first day of his course, and he was teaching a class on faith. And the student's name was Tommy, and he was coming in. Picture this. He had long hair down to his shoulders. It was the first time that this professor had ever seen a boy with hair that long. And I guess it was just coming into fashion. But you know what? He said to himself, I've got to get over what's on his head but what's in his head. But he couldn't do that. He made a judgment on him. He sort of immediately filed him, and I think we do this sometimes, in that mental file cabinet under S. But strange. Very strange. And it turned out in the class he was very strange. He was the atheist in the class. He constantly objected, he smirked at, he whined about the possibility of an unconditional God loving him. And when it came to the end of the course, to turn in the final exam, he asked, in a very cynical way, he said, do you ever think I'll find God? And the professor decided to give him a little shock therapy. He said, no, emphatically, no. And Tommy was stepped back a little bit. He said, oh, I thought that was the product you were pushing. He let him go about five steps to the door. And then he called out. And he said, Tommy, I don't think you'll ever find him. But I'm absolutely certain he will find you. He struggled a bit and left the class and left his life. And the professor was a little upset that, that Tommy didn't react to his advice or his wisdom. So later on, time had passed and Tommy had graduated. And he had heard that Tommy had terminal cancer. And before he could seek him out, Tommy came to the professor's office. When he walked into the office, his body was badly wasted. The long hair was gone because of chemotherapy. But his eyes were bright, and the professor thought for his first time he had a smile, and his voice was firm. The professor said to him, Tommy, I thought so often about you. I hear that you're sick. Yes, I'm very sick. I have cancer in both lungs. It's just a matter of weeks. So can we talk about it? And he said, sure. What's it like to be only 24 and dying? Well, it could be worse. And the professor said, really? Like what? Like being 50 and having no values or ideals. Like being 50 and choosing booze and women and making money and making those the most important things in your life. The professor began to think about that mental file cabinet. He filed it under. And he said, 
that when he classified and judged people, God often put them back into his life to educate him and to teach him a lesson. But I really, what I really came to see you about, Tommy said, is something that you said to me on the last day of class. You asked me if I thought I would ever find God, and you said no. And that really surprised me. And then you said, but he'll find you. I thought about that a lot. And even my search for God at that time was not intense. It just wasn't on my mind. But when the doctors removed a lump from my groin and told me that it was malignant, I got serious about locating God. And when it spread to my vital organs, I really began to shout out for God, wanting him to hear me, but he didn't. And one day I just woke up, and instead of throwing more requests at him, to a God who may be there and may not be there, I just quit. I decided that I really didn't care about God, about the afterlife, or anything like that. So I decided to spend some time that I had left doing something more profitable. Tommy told him, I thought about you in your class, and I remember that you said, the essential sadness is to go through life without loving. And it would be almost equally sad to go through life and leave this world without ever telling those that loved you that you loved them. So I began with the hottest one of all, my dad. He was reading the newspaper when I approached him. Dad, yes, what? He asked without lowering the newspaper. Dad, I'd like to talk to you. Well, talk. I mean, no, it's really important. So the newspaper came down about three inches. He says, what is it? Dad, I love you. I just wanted you to know that. The newspaper fell to the ground. And his father did two things that he had never seen him do before. He cried, but he also hugged him. And they talked all night, even though he had to go to work the next morning. He felt so good to be close to his father, to see him, his tears, his physical hug, and to hear him say that he loved him. It was easier, he said, Tommy said, with his mother and his father, they cried and they hugged and they, and they said real nice things about each other. They shared things that they had been keeping secret for a few years. He was always just sorry that he had waited so long. Here I was in the shadow of death and I was just beginning to open up to people that I actually was close to. Then one day I turned around and God was there. He didn't come to me when I pleaded with him. The important thing is that God was there. He found me. You were right. 
God found me even when I stopped working. The professor gasped at that moment, at the weight of that moment. I think what you're saying to me is something very important, much more universal than you ever realize. To me, at least, you are saying that the surest way to find God is not to make him a private possession, not to make him a problem solver or an instant consolation when you need him, but rather by opening yourself out and opening yourself up to God's love. So the professor asked him, could I ask you a favor? Tommy, would you come into my current class and tell them what you just told me? If I told them the same thing, it wouldn't have the effectiveness of you telling them. Uh, I was ready for you, Professor, but I'm not ready for your class. And the professor said, Tommy, just think about it. If and when you're ready, give me a call. So a few days passed, Tommy called, and he was ready for the class. He said he wanted to do it for the professor, but he also wanted to do it for God. So they scheduled a day, but that day with the class never came. The God that Tommy had questioned whether he existed, had questioned whether he could believe in him, came and brought him home to the kingdom.
Justice may reign. May your kingdom come. That justice may reign. 